Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. We are the Fantasy Joes, Ryan, Trey, Will. Uh, Guys, big trade that just uh, came across on Twitter as we uh, were sitting down to record the show. Alex Smith to Washington. What's the instant reaction? I mean, when people hear this, it's going to be two days later, but we're we're in the moment right now. (laughs) recording. So, so, uh, Will, what do you think? Alex Smith to Washington. I am super excited to find out where Kirk Cousins is going to go now. I think that's the most exciting part about it. Uh, I think Alex Smith Washington is fine. And we, we were discussing earlier, great uh, quarterback now as far as experience, you know, can get, manage a game really well, can make you not lose, lose a game, you know, can definitely keep it, you know, within the realm of possibility. And I think it's the right move for them. They didn't want to pay Cousins. They didn't believe in him. And this is a great bridge for them to get their next quarterback. And I think they'll probably sign him to a longer-term deal. And, you know, they have a, a – quarterback can at least get him to the playoffs for the next few years so i'm i like it i, I don't see anything wrong with it um adam schefter on twitter alex with the washington have reached an agreement on a new four-year contract extension for sources so he had one year left on his contract now he's tied to washington for the next five seasons smith gets the long-term deal from washington that cousins could not trey what are you thinking about this deal yeah, I think it's a good deal. I like Alex Smith. I think he's a little bit underrated as an NFL quarterback. You know, he was the first overall pick. Um, I guess it's been, what is he, in the league for nine years, I think? Um, 32, 33 years old. Um, but, I mean, a, a four-year deal for Washington to lock him up. I, I'd be interested to see what the what the, the financial um, aspect of that deal comes out as. But to give up a second-round pick and get a, a proven NFL starter – I think um, in an off season where both draft capital and I think the contract, I mean, the contract that Kirk Cousins is going to sign in the next few months is probably going to be the richest deal in NFL history. So, I mean, to be able to spend a second round pick and get a guy that's a proven starter and a winner that's led his team to the playoffs um, in the, at the NFL level, I think it's huge for them. They don't have to worry now about getting into the frenzy of um, trying to trade up to get a guy in the draft. And, and they don't have to get into a bidding war on the guys that are going to be on the free agent market. So I think it's a great move. And, and, and of course, you know, the lesser side of this or the maybe the less talked about side will be this now officially marks the beginning of the Patrick Mahomes era in Kansas City. And uh, yeah, I think everybody expected it. But literally, Patrick Mahomes price in Dynasty Leagues just went up about 20 percent in the last hour. So if you haven't bought Patrick Mahomes. It's probably too late. Wah, wah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I- I- interesting. That, so other winners or losers, um, what do you think, Will? Winners or losers on the steal? Uh, you know, guys like Tyreek Hill, Josh Dotson. Yeah, one, Alex Smith has been in the league for 12 years. Kind of crazy. He is, he's 33 right now, uh, turning 34 in May. So he's definitely no spring chicken anymore, but definitely a well-seasoned quarterback. I think – Honestly, you kind of always speculated that Alex Smith was in his last year at the Chiefs, so I don't think their value changes a ton because that is what you were expecting for the most part. You weren't really thinking Alex Smith was going to be back, and if so, those guys were still pretty valuable. I think it's bigger for the Redskins and their skill position players. I'm interested to see what they do at running back. I think Crowder's value goes up because he's a very nice security blanket for a guy like Alex Smith. He's he's not like a Tyreek Hill. He's he's more like a Jarvis. He's like a poor man's Jarvis Landry. I think it'll be great for Alex Smith. Uh, Josh Doxson, I'll be, uh, it, it'll be fun to see. I think he's going, he has to take a slight bump up. Uh, and their running backs, I'm kind of a P. Ryan fan because I feel like he ran better once he had the job secured via injury because he didn't have to worry about fumbling as much. But overall, uh, I think everybody on the, the, the Redskins at the moment takes a slight bump up in my, in my perceived value. Yeah, I agree. This is a big bump for me, um, for Josh Doxson. And it's not so much that Kirk Cousins wasn't a good quarterback, but um, I think that Josh Doxson is a guy that I am expecting. You know, people forget that um, he didn't really have much of an opportunity his 
first year in the league. So this last year was really his, this is his second year in the league, but first year really that he produced. So he's going into that, you know, quote unquote, big year three for um, wide receivers at the next level. So I'm pretty excited. I've been pretty exciting. Doxon's a guy I've been looking to acquire um, in a couple different leagues this off season. He is a guy I expect to maybe take the next step. And Alex Smith, I think this past season in Kansas City, really the, the biggest improvement in his game was the deep ball. Um, and, and so I think that having a guy like Doxon that can stretch the field and a guy that can be a difference maker in the red zone, um, I, I think that, you know, it might – I think it helps Josh Doxon. All right, guys. Let's move on and, and let's get into uh, – first of all, Will, I want to ask you about what's going on up in your neck of the woods with the Super Bowl in your, in your town um, is is it totally crazy there? Are you able to get to work okay? Yeah, everything, everything, everything is fine so far with my with my personal commute. Things are going well. Downtown is pretty much shut down. I'm actually going down there next week to watch my buddy do cross country ski race sprints as part of the Super Bowl bonanza. They have a part of downtown uh, groomed for cross country skiing, and then they finish on this like little ramp that there will also be some other Super Bowl activities on. It'll be the first time going downtown. I know Dan Patrick and his crew are here, and I like hearing his stories. They are sticking more towards St. Paul at the moment, and they're going to be at the University of uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Just uh, as a Homer Minneapolis fella, you don't end up venturing that far away all that often because it's, uh, it's a decent like lift ride or Uber ride, you know, if you're going to have some beers. And I definitely don't want to be driving over there and dealing with that mess. So when, when things start hitting downtown Minneapolis, it's going to get crazy. A lot of my friends and people that I know – who work downtown, everybody's working from home this week because it's all shut down. I guess over the crosswalks, they have uh, Humvees that will go with the, with the walk signs and block off traffic. So nobody's running like yellow lights or anything like that. And everything is very, very structured and safe. It's like a practice, you know, before the big game. Nice. And, and Trey, North Carolina, are you experiencing any uh, overflow from the Super Bowl traffic? No, no, it's been pretty nice, actually. <laughs> That's good. Uh, all right, guys, let's, uh, let's get into our Fantasy Joe's Moments of the Week and Letdowns of the Week. And, of course, we're going to name our Fantasy Joe Moment of the Week after the man, the MVP, Kyle Laletta. We're calling it the Kyle Laletta MVP Moment of the Week. My guy. You heard it here last week, folks. Kyle Laletta, he came through in the Senior Bowl, and you're not through hearing, hearing about it from me. But um, So, Trey, what's your Kyle Laletta Moment of the Week? Well, my Kyle Oletta moment of the week is, you know, I, I'm staying tuned in to Dynasty Twitter. Um, been involved in some different uh, league chats recently and uh, engaging in some trade conversations. And, you know, it's this is a really great time of year. And I'm going to harp on this. I'm going to talk about this in the coming weeks and months. But, I, I mean, it, those of you that are in Dynasty Leagues, there are opportunities right now to buy veterans. People are starting to buy into rookie hype. Um, I mean, we're going to be talking about a bunch of rookies and and doing a little hyping here uh, ourselves tonight. But I think right now is a buy window for some of these veterans that are a little bit forgotten. Maybe they're coming off injury. Maybe they had a little bit of a down year. Uh, Maybe they're going through a a change of scenery. And, And we talked about that in the episode last week, but I'm starting to really see it come to fruition. I'm in some trade talks right now to acquire some veterans, and um, I feel like I'm getting some pretty good deals. So great opportunity to buy low on some veteran players right now in Dynasty. Such a fun time of year. Football is almost over, but there is no offseason in Dynasty, and, and I just I love it. Absolutely. No offseason at all. Will Greenwood, what's going on with you? What's your No days off. No days off. No, days off. Oh. Tell it, Bill Belichick, and I'll listen. I'll say my highlight of the week is I made a trade in the Dynasty League for DJ. I haven't owned him in any league so far, and as in Iowa, and got my teaching license at Northern Iowa, uh, finally getting to own one share of David Johnson was really exciting for me. And I thought that was a pretty fun highlight of the week just because it hasn't happened before. That's always awesome to get um, you know, a player that you have coveted for a long time. Um, that's very cool. And of course, my Kyle Aletta MVP moment of the week is Kyle Aletta being named MVP as MVP performance at the Senior Bowl. Shocker, I know. Um, but, you know, it's nice that, uh, you know, a guy that, that, you know, we identified next week as a guy to watch 
um, looks so good in the Senior Bowl. We're going to talk about that more later. But let's move on to a guy that didn't look so good in the Senior Bowl. I do um, want to say quickly, we need to come up with a good nickname for Kyle Aletta, like Kyle Lagoda, or something, <laughs> something pre-draft hype to get, get it all started. Kyle Lagoda, that's not bad. We'll work on it as we record the podcast tonight. Um, but we got to go from Kyle Lagoda to a guy that certainly didn't look um, – like an NFL quarterback. And that's our letdown. That's our Tanner Lee letdown of the week. Tanner Lee in the senior bowl. If you didn't see it eight for 19, 86 yards, uh, threw an interception, uh, lost a fumble that I believe was recovered and ran back for a touchdown. So, um, you know, Tanner Lee letting the big 10 down in that game <laughs> really didn't belong in the senior bowl as a quarterback in my opinion. But anyway, it's our Tanner Lee letdown of the week. Trey, what do you got? I'm going to keep this pretty simple. And anybody that wasted minutes to hours of their life watching it knows exactly what I'm talking about. It was the Pro Bowl. And I only watched about five minutes. But it's terrible. <laughs> it's, Something it's, needs it's, to be changed. It was, it was atrocious. It wasn't football. Yeah, that's it. It's bad. I think I have it solved. You oh, have yeah. three captains, and you do a – or maybe even four – whatever you want, and you have a dodgeball draft like they did in the NBA for the, the game. But instead of playing football, they're going to play dodgeball. They take all the pro bowlers, and they had just have a dodgeball tournament. Because if you guys didn't see, the dodgeball was by far the highlight of the pro bowl, along with a controversial catch ruling. So, great stuff. All right. Um, well, what, building on that uh, pro bowl, um, which I fortunately missed. Usually I'm, I'm curious. I think everyone, we're all curious enough. We're not going to watch it. And they're like, well, it's on. It can't be that bad, right? It's not as bad as I remember. Then you turn it on and five minutes later, you're like, oh, this is as bad as I remember it to be. So what, but, uh, so it could have been our pro bowl, pole, pro bowl letdown of the week, but it's our Tanner Lee letdown. What do you got, Will? Considering Tanner Lee will never have to experience the pro bowl. I guess that can be his <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jeremy. <laughs> I wish well for you. Uh, well, so one thing that I was trying to do is, is looking at Carlos Hyde. How old is Carlos Hyde? If you look up ages online between Wikipedia and ESPN and Dynasty Trade Calculator and Player Profiler and everywhere you go, I never really locked down a true age of what he is. I have my guess is that he was born in 91, but you will find mixed reviews on websites between 91 and 90. And barring any birth certificate, uh, there's just there's, why is there so much mystery around how old Carlos Hyde is? And I'm not going to spend too much time tracking this down. So my letdown was not having easy access to information on the interwebs. Yeah, no, that's I'll have to investigate this. I'm very curious now. Um, fortunately, you're friends with an information scientist. That's at Roto Librarian on Twitter. That's me. I will find out the answer and get back to you. Well, I promise. The only thing, the only thing I can say, Will, is. The NFL website, NFL.com, has it listed as uh, 1990. And my thought is that with all of the official paperwork that has to be filed with the NFL, um, I I would have to imagine that the NFL website would be uh, a good source of truth. Um, And it's probably wrong, but that's just my two cents. No, it makes sense. It would be the authoritative uh, resource with with uh, the age of the player. Although Wikipedia don't also... Him, don't we think that makes him really old? So if he was born in 90, he's been in the, the, the league four years, and he's going to be turning 28 this year. That means he came in as a 20, like a 23-year-old rookie. And I don't feel like Carlos Hyde was a 23-year-old rookie. Anyway, let the... Dun, dun, dun. The mystery continues. <laughs> the mystery of the week. Carlos Hyde. Somebody should just add him on Twitter and be like, hey, Carlos, trying to figure out how old you are. Please tell us your birthday. <laughs> that can be your first follow on Twitter. Well, that would be awesome. Um, right. So, so my, uh, my tenderly let down of the week is, is basically this. I, I'm listening to Chicago Sports Radio and they're talking about the Pro Bowl and they make the announcement. And it just hadn't occurred to me until I heard it on the radio. Like, yes, the Pro Bowl is on Sunday, no Bears players will be playing in the Pro Bowl this year. And that just made me really sad. (laughs) (laughs) John Fox didn't make his coach? Shocking. Shocking. All right. Well, let's get into um, our next segment. And that segment's going to be Senior Bowl reactions. And guys, I'm prepared to talk about the Senior Bowl 
Uh, I even have the official sponsor of, of the Senior Bowl, Reese's. I've got my Reese's peanut butter cups here as we're, we're talking about the game and, and we're, we're still, uh, um, you know, trying to get over the hype of the game. I can, I can calm myself down by eating the Reese's peanut butter cup. I thought that would be prudent. Um, so guys, any, any initial thoughts? Um, and, and for listeners that didn't watch the game, um, not only is, is there a full version of the game without commercials on YouTube as of this recording, I don't know if the person that put it up there has the rights to post it, but it's pretty, a pretty good version of it. There's also this six minute highlight, um, a clip on, on YouTube, which I'd recommend everyone watching cause you can really hit the highlights and it's a pretty good comprehensive six minute overview of the senior bowl. But, uh, guys, any, any initial thoughts? Well, you watched the game. I know you've got some thoughts. Well, my first thought was I would, it would have been fun to see a little bit more of Baker Mayfield just because uh, he was a marquee player. It would have been fun to see him at least throw the ball around a little bit more. Secondly was they divided between North and South, and I don't know why. Uh, maybe they should come up with new names for it because according to my uh, like small but relatively I think, good geographic knowledge, uh, Florida does not belong in the North, and there were both Florida and Miami players on the North squad. Uh, along with a few other states that were north and south that I think were just a little mixed up. And I don't, I don't have a big issue with it overall, but I think it's strange when you divide it by north and south, but then you don't divide it by north and south. Just call it different things. Call it like peanut butter and chocolate. So it's sponsored by Reese's. Boom. <laughs> well, I actually, like I, I will say about the state of Florida, when, when you enter the state of Florida, like the, the, the further north you go, the more south you go, really, if you think about it, because, you know, you've got um, – you know, the northern part of the state is, is kind of is still the south, and you get into the central part of Florida, and a lot of transplants there, like a lot of Midwesterners. Then you go to South Florida, you have a lot of Northeasterners. So maybe that's why. Indiana was in the south. Yeah, that's that's a little bit puzzling. Although I'm actually surprised to hear that uh, someone from Florida was in this game. Although I think it probably was our punter. Johnny Townsend, who is a probably legit chance to become uh, the next great punter in the NFL. Uh, but I digress. I, so this is one, um, and you know, you might have to just ignore my advice for the rest of this podcast, because we might be going a little bit overboard with some hype. We might be, you know, uh, delivering a little bit of goods here when it comes to the hype, but I, I just want to put into perspective for people that, um, I, I think that the senior bowl shouldn't overwhelmingly change your thoughts on a player. I think it can help answer questions. I think it can help confirm some suspicions that you've had about a particular player, but don't go changing your evaluation of a player just based on their uh, performance, either really, really good or uh, maybe a little bit disappointing. For instance, James Washington was almost non-existent. Um, yet all week he was basically being touted as the most talented wide receiver at the practices. So for me, it's probably a little bit of like, you know, what you saw in their college career is 80%. Um, what you saw in the practices of the senior bowl is 10%. And what you saw in the actual game is like three or 4%. You know what I'm saying? So don't, don't completely change your opinion on a player because they did or didn't perform in the game. Um, but, but I think for instance, a guy like Kyle Loletta, I think there's an awesome opportunity for him because all week long you heard that he looked really good in practices and then he showed out in the game. So that's a guy who was able to elevate his draft status. You know, I don't, I don't think that this means Kyle Loletta is going to be taken in the you know second round of Superflex dynasty leagues, but I, I do think it's just, it's, it's a, a nice opportunity to kind of learn a little bit more about prospects, uh, not just from the game, but from practice overall. So yeah, well said, Trey. Yeah, put it. We we should put it in perspective too. This is just one small piece of the puzzle, and you see pieces out there like the Senior Bowl is not important. Um, the Senior Bowl is important if you put it in perspective. We're not saying this is the end all be all. We're not saying we're not going to say coming out of this that um, um, you know Kyle Oletta is the first quarterback you you draft in your superflex leagues. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, so do, do put it in perspective. Um, yeah, kind of initial thoughts. We're going to lead off talking about the quarterbacks, and, and, and I'll talk about my guy Kyle Hallett in just a second. But yeah, it definitely would have been nice to see uh, more Baker Mayfield. But it was good that he was even there. I think it showed a lot that he you know, went to the game with his mother being sick. 
Um, I think he showed a lot of leadership. Um, you know, you, you just saw the game and he's cheering on uh, Josh Allen on the sidelines. I thought that was really cool to see. And, and I totally get why scouts like Josh Allen. He did show some flashes of being really great in the game. But, you know, I, I, you know, putting everything in perspective, Trey, like you just said, you know, looking at his college production, looking at his, his accuracy in college, his, his low completion percentage, um, it, you know, how he performed in practice this week. It's a guy that's going to have to, one, go to the right team, and two, sit for a while. So if, you know, he goes to the Giants and he sits behind Eli for a year or two, I love it. And I would be very interested in getting him um, in my super flex leagues or even my, my regular leagues. Um, but if he goes to a team like, say, Denver decides to draft Josh Allen and they start him week one, I don't like that at all. I think that's a recipe for disaster. And I think what we've learned over the past several years is that situation is so important for a lot of these quarterbacks. I think there have been guys that haven't made in the league because they were just in the wrong situation. And I think if you, you get put in a situation early and you lose your confidence, sometimes you can't get it back. Sometimes it's just gone. It's such a mental game, at least for the quarterback position. So, you know, those are kind of my initial thoughts. So those, those were the two, you know, centerpieces why people turn, tune into the game, I think. Uh, Baker Mayfield and, and, and Josh Allen. So it's going to be interesting to see how they progress in the process. Yeah. I am continue to be interested in Baker Mayfield. We talked about it last week. And Josh Allen, you know, let's see. Let's see what happens to him. I, 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 I think it's not fair to say he's garbage or he's going to be this awesome player. Let's see where he ends up. Yeah. You know, I think what you just said was fantastic. And I think, you know, you, you hear something like that. And, and I think sometimes you tend to be like, oh, well, you know, the you know situation does matter. But I'm not so sure that, that, you know, there's going to be people that just give up on Josh Allen. But I want you to just take about two minutes and start thinking about all of the teams in the NFL that maybe don't need a quarterback in this draft to start for them, but they're going to need a quarterback in the next two or three years. Like the Chargers, Phillip Rivers, the Saints with Drew Brees, the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger, the Ravens with Joe Flacco. Uh, the Giants, as you mentioned, with Eli Manning. I mean, there's there's just five right off the top of my head. Uh, play, or or even somewhere like New England, where, you know, they've got that extra early second-round pick from the 49ers, although I don't know that he makes it that long. Uh, but you've got a lot of teams in the NFL that have a starting quarterback now, an unquestioned starter, that they probably won't have much more than another year or two. And a guy like Josh Allen taken in the back half of the first round given the opportunity to sit. I mean, he has the arm and can make all the throws. But you know what? So could Jamarcus Russell. So, you know, um, I I think one of the biggest things for Josh Allen, you nailed it. He's got to go somewhere where they're going to be able to help him. Um, You know, he played at Wyoming, so the level of competition just wasn't there. And and he's kind of like a a first progression, second progression, or first read, second read, run kind of guy. So, you know, if, if he can go somewhere where the quarterback coach and the, the starting quarterback can help mold and shape him, um, I'm with you, Ryan. I think that he could end up being a steal of this draft um, going uh, to the right spot. Yeah, and then other quarterbacks, of course, Kyle Aletta, MVP, you know, guy I was hyping up last week. And, um, you know, when, when watching Kyle Aletta in that game, and if you, if you didn't see it, I, I really encourage you to at least go back and watch those, that six-minute highlight show. You could see in those, t- those his last two touchdown passes, the, the one where he threw it to Dion Yelder, the tight end of the end zone, that one-yard touchdown pass in the goal line. Really a thing of beauty. Uh, great anticipation, great footwork. He escaped from the pocket. He set his feet quickly. And just to that bullet in that tight window for the touchdown. It was a thing of beauty. Um, the, the, the third TD pass he threw was very decisive. He identified his target in the end zone. and just made this perfect throw in a tight window. So I, I think the knocks on him were – you know, how would he do against this level of competition? He did well. How strong was his arm? How, you know, could he throw the deep ball? I mean, he didn't throw any tremendously deep balls in the game, but I thought his arm looked pretty good. And, you know, once again, you know, we're not saying that this guy is awesome, but I think it's also it's about situation. There's there, You're going to see so many pieces. I think we even said it last week. I, I, I'm not sure if like, – I think we all three joked about, okay, he's the perfect guy for the Patriots because he's just kind of – you know, Jimmy G comparisons – he, he's a, you know, former lacrosse player. He's got a Navy background, you know, Bill Belichick, you know, anything about him. You're going to hear that. Like every show is going to be talking about that, but, but, you know, so it's, it's all about situation for him. And he's a guy that I think could be a, you know, a, you know, maybe a real high end backup, maybe a, you know, a solid starter. Maybe he could have like a, like a Kyle Orton type career in the NFL. So I, I it's, it's a great story. 
I, I, I really enjoyed um, seeing him and hearing him in interviews. He seems like a really sharp, intelligent guy. So, yeah, Kyle Laletta will continue to watch, and I, I wish him the best of luck on his journey to the NFL. I'll just put some notes in there because he looked really good, and it was really fun to watch him play. And his throws, is, is, I think it was 8 for 12. They weren't like an easy 8 for 12. These weren't gimme passes. He was making great location uh, with where he was throwing it. And I get, I get it's one game. It's a senior bowl. But, you know, having never seen him before and having him play for the Spiders of Richmond, who I assume go up against world-class competition all the time, you assume that he's going he's gonna to struggle a little bit. And I hit one favorite part of the offseason. Not, I shouldn't say favorite part overall, but love this part of the offseason because I love the hype. What if the Saints take him late? What, what, about the, what about the Packers? What about somebody who they can sit behind a little bit? Where I would love the Saints take him because I would try to find it really quick, but if I remember correctly, he's not that tall. And let him perfect the head tilt for like a year or two under Drew Brees. And so as soon as you see that happen, he goes deep. That's what I'd love to see. But I could be wrong. I just remember him, uh, at least not looking particularly tall in the field, but uh, maybe our, our stats, our stats, people get, get back to us by the time we stop talking about Kyle Loretta here. Uh, yeah, if memory serves, I think I think he's like six one. So I think you're right. He's not. He's not. I think he's big enough, but he's not. You know, huge. I'm going to double check that though. Um, Trey, other anything to add on Kyle Oletta? No, no. I I would be echoing all the stuff that you guys have said. I'll be very interested to see where he pans out. I, I mean, it is really crazy the um, all of the things that point to him being a uh, Patriots kind of guy. Um, I, I almost wonder, you know, if uh, in this day and age, I think that most of the NFL has learned that the Patriots are, are playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers and, you know, the Browns are playing tic-tac-toe. But, you know, I, I do think it'll be interesting to see where he goes in the draft. I think that he is a guy that could be a, a real steal for someone, for some team. And uh, I would love, I really, truly would love to see the Patriots take him. I mean, it would just, it would be perfect. It's not going to happen because it's just, it would just be way too perfect. But um, I'm clearly uh, more excited to see where Loletta ends up than I am probably Rosen or Darnold or, or any of the other uh, quarterbacks. So I liked what I saw out of them. I, I did. I didn't watch the entire game. I, I did just watch some highlights. Um, I thought that yeah, that, that they, deep touchdown pass to DJ Chark. Uh, I think is it DJ. I might not have that. I might have that first name wrong. The wide receiver out of LSU, which I think we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, was a nice ball. So uh, I liked what I saw out of him. I did feel like he had quite a bit, at least the highlights I saw, it seemed like he had a ton of protection. Um, he had quite a bit of time to throw. Um, and, and I don't know how, like, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not, you know, NFL scouting is not my forte. Work at a hospital and, uh, you know, do dynasty fantasy football for fun. I tend to rely on others for my um, scouting. I'm really excited I'm going to go ahead and just throw this out there. Uh, for those of you who are kind of looking for a go-to resource, uh, Nick Whalen is a gentleman that we had on as a guest uh, a month or so ago. And he puts out this uh, Debbie report every year, the Debbie report. And it's not just Debbie players, but it's also NFL rookies. Um, I would suggest you guys purchase that. He, he's kind of one of the guys, as, as well as some other resources, that I kind of use as my go-to for uh, information and scouting. He spends a lot of time watching tape and, and reviewing it. So, Yeah, and, and, you know, like a guy like Matt Waldman with his RSP, Ricking Scouting Portfolio. Yeah, we're going to, as we get deeper into the season, we're, we're going to ask those gentlemen to come on the show and talk about their resources. Um, yeah, he's uh, – Kalaletta is 6'2 and a half. And he's uh, two seventeen. So we were we were close. He did look shorter on the field to me though too. That's oh, with why nine, I was thinking with nine and five inch in um, hands. Isn't it nine and a half inch hands is the middle of ground? So he he should be good. Slightly over the median. Yeah, he, yeah, he'll be. He'll, he's he's okay size. I mean, he's 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 good 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 decent size for an NFL quarterback. All right, guys, let's move into Senior Bowl running backs. And um, I you know I think maybe the big performance. I, I don't know. Can we can we agree that R- Rashad Penny was the was a standout among the running backs. What do you think, Will? Ooh, he, Rashad Penny. Yes. That his one, I mean, he had one catch for 73 yards in that touchdown, but it was a nasty grab. And then he juked the defender so hard that he ran into the other defender and injured him. He had to limp off the field. 
which you never want to see somebody get hurt, but it was nasty. And he looks so good. And I know his hype is going to get out of control, but just I'm attaching my way or my, my, my cart to that hype train all day. It's going to be, it would be hard for me to choose. Let's say like 106. It may be hard for me to, I mean, of course, landing spot, but if he gets a decent spot, mm, mm, give me some Richard Penny. Yeah. Choo choo. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm aboard the hype train too with Rashad Penny. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, really the only knock on him during practices this week is I guess he's just completely awful at pass protection. He just, he doesn't, hasn't expressed an interest in it. Wasn't particularly good this week. You didn't really see it in the game. I was particularly looking for that in the game, but they, there wasn't really a lot of opportunity to, to see him in, in a situation like that. Uh, so I wonder if he doesn't get drafted by a team and that limits his production early on. Um, but I think that's one of those things you can work on. You, you can improve that part of your game. Uh, so I'm not too worried about it. I think he's a great prospect. I am very intrigued as well. Trey, Barrett, what do you think? Um, <clears throat> I had Rashad Penny squarely at the back end of the first round. There's still about six other running backs that I would take ahead of him. Um, however, I think that a lot of these running backs are separated by rather small margins. So as I mentioned kind of at the beginning with my big caveat about the whole senior bowl experience, if he lands in a, in a great uh, spot as far as uh, the team that drafts him, it'll mean a whole lot more to me than his performance in the senior bowl. And part of it, Ryan, is what you mentioned. The pass protection was kind of one of the concerns coming in. It continued to be something that was mentioned um, throughout practice. I do think some, you know, the big plays that he made in the game were, were nice to see. And I know there was some similarities drawn to Kareem Hunt, who I think had like over a hundred yards last year on uh, less than 15 touches. So, you know, I, I do think that, uh, Rashad Penny is a guy to keep your eye on because there are other, you know, Ronald Jones out of USC and both backs out of Georgia and guys out of LSU. Um, there, there are some other bigger name guys that are going to get some hype. And especially if you're super flex, which hopefully you are, and the quarterbacks are going to be taken, it, it could push Penny down uh, to the end of the first round. And so I think it'll be interesting to see where he lands. And, um, but I, I do, it, there's a slight, I mean, if there's one thing that can keep a rookie running back off the field and being able to have a dominant uh, rookie season in the NFL, it's the inability to pass protect. So something to definitely keep an eye on. But I, I liked what I saw out of him. I think you're right, too. Super, I wasn't factoring in super flex with the 106. He'd get pushed back a little bit, I think, for that. I think you're going to see an interesting draft pick like Lamar Jackson and see where he goes because the amount of time still get compared to Deshaun Watson is probably going to be incredible. Yeah, but I mean, if if the if the Steelers let Bell walk and they draft Rashad Penny in the second round, he's going to fly up draft board. So it's so hard to really nail in where someone's going to go in a rookie draft right now until the NFL draft happens, because oh, you know draft capital matters, uh, landing spot matters. But he he definitely um, helped his draft stock, uh, and, and for me. He probably moved up a few spots. I don't think I had him at the back end of the first round going into the senior bowl. Um, Put him in a Seahawks uniform. But that's they don't care about pass, pass protection at all, even from their linemen. No, no, no. They can't draft a <laughs> running back there. They're going to take it. They're going to cut all the rest of them. I think what's really interesting about like this exercise too is looking at some of these guys and figure out where they belong on, on our draft boards, even though we there's so much that's unanswered in terms of um, you, you know, where, what teams, what situations they land in is that you do get, kind of get a feel of like, okay, here's guys that are projected to go in the first round, second round, third round. And you kind of see to me, like, obviously it's very top heavy. Um, and then, then you, you've got like your, your, depending on whether it's regular super flex, like your late first into the mid seconds, there's, there's just a lot of guys that are really close and there's a lot of talent. So, um, I, I it, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. And I think, you know, it's exciting just to have picks even, um, you know, in, in the late second round, especially with the Superflex League, because there's a lot of talent. It's going to be really interesting to see where these running backs fall. And another guy that could uh, m- maybe improve the stock, maybe not, um, uh, Kalen Bellage, um seemed to have a pretty good game. But, Will, I know you and I kind of share the same same thoughts on what we, what we saw uh, on, in the Senior Bowl of Bellage. What, 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 what were you thinking? Well, I was really excited after seeing all the stats, the next-gen stats about how fast he was in practice. 
which will come out again because things that were being tweeted out had Jalen Samuels at 19.5, but I think they meant to post like 19.15 or like a digit before that. Uh, anyway, Bellage is the size, seat, seat, speed specimen that everybody's comparing to David Johnson as far as how he looks and what he could do. And I was like, and you know, they say that he had a really good game, but in watching it, I don't know. It just wasn't, it, it, he had, it just didn't seem like he had anything at the line. And they're saying like, oh, he's blowing up people, but he's kind of blowing up people. They're not face. He's not square on. I don't know. Like overall, uh, I think the hype train with Kalen Blash is one that I am currently going to stay a little bit away from and hope that with my later picks in the first round or early picks, early, you know, maybe mid round picks in the second, that he gets just enough hype that he gets taken unless something changes again. You know, it's like, I'm not you know, talking round picks and landing spots, but in general, this his his, uh, his hype's getting out of control and, and watching him here. I'm pretty, I'm kind of hands off at the moment. I'm going to let somebody else take him. I think one of the things that people were impressed with in the game was that he did finish runs. Like he just powered into guys. He just, he just blew into guys. And I think that was impressive to some people. Um, but yeah, I mean, otherwise he, he did seem like he was kind of moved clunky. I, I, you and I both put in the show notes clunky. That's just how it clunky was the word. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely want to keep my eye on him, but the other red flag with him is that lack of college production. And I know we saw with, like Alvin Kamara last year, right? That didn't really mean anything. They, they just didn't know how to use Alvin Kamara. So that's not completely a red flag, but, but I think nine times out of 10, when you have a prospect that doesn't, um, doesn't produce in college, you, 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 you know, it doesn't usually work out so well. I mean, there are always a, a, exceptions, but I, I don't think we should overcorrect our thought process evaluating these rookies with with uh, you know what happened with Alvin Kamara last year necessarily so Trey Trey any thoughts on Balash? You know I, he's an interesting prospect to me. I'm I'm super in, interested to see two things. One, uh, how he does at the combine uh, with the litany of drills that he'll go through there at the Underwear Olympics. And two, I'm super excited to see where he goes in the actual NFL draft. I mean, this is a guy who is known for his pass catching ability as you as you kind of alluded to he wasn't getting uh tons of work there at Arizona State but I mean he's 6'3 230 pounds and he's lightning fast like that does not sound like a pass catching back to me that sounds like a guy that you want to get the ball anytime you can and every time you can get in the eye formation put a fullback in front of him and let him run downhill but I, so I, I'm just super interested to kind of see what kind of scheme he ends up in, um, because I think he's the kind of guy for me, I'm, I would probably not take him at the spot where a lot of people will, as you guys mentioned with the hype that's building, but it's at the same time, he's kind of one of those guys where if he lands in the right spot where they're going to use him and, and the right offensive scheme and, and a team invests the draft capital at the you know, early second or, or somewhere in that second round. You know, he, he's the guy that could end up moving up. I, I don't want to completely write him off, but I'm probably a little hands off uh, for all of those reasons you guys mentioned. I, I think that we have a little bit of a consensus there. So, uh, but a trend that I just saw looking these guys up is Kareem Hunt went pick 322. Dave Johnson went pick 322. So if Caleb Balaj goes pick 322, sign me up. <laughs> Love it. Hashtag analysis. <laughs> it just it's just facts. Three twenty two is a sweet spot. So there are four running backs that we haven't talked about. So maybe we briefly want to mention them and just give some quick thoughts. So there's of course Akram Wadley, uh Will's guy from Iowa. You got Edo Smith from Southern Miss, Daryl Williams, Jalen Samuels. So do, do any thoughts on, on any of these four guys that we want to throw out there? I know Will, you don't got some dare, don't dare say Akram Wadley's name like that with no emphasis and excitement behind it. The hype train is building with Akram Wadley. Akram Greenwood. One. There you go. Oh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Got goosebumps. It's so good. <laughs> Just uh, <laughs> one great name. Two, I think I do think he showed something in this game as far as running running between the tackles and ran well. He I know he at least had one target that he missed uh, because it was a bullet pass from like five yards away and bounced right off his chest. He is he showed up small uh, as far as weight. And he, he's it's a little guy, but again, I don't, I don't need everybody to get on board of the Akram Wadley hype train because uh, I am driving that one and I am excited to see where he's going to go because he is, he's an explosive athlete and 
rumor has it he runs a 4-4 flat uh, 40, and hopefully he can reproduce that at the combine and get you know get some team good teams looking at him. Yeah, one thing I, I do worry about with, with a guy like him, since he did measure small, and I still want to see what he does in the combine. I'm still, you know, intrigued to watch him through the process. But and he's he's not as small as Tariq Cohen, I, I don't think. But I think there's that Tariq Cohen factor, that recency bias, where you know, generally speaking, the rule of thumb is smaller guys don't pan out in the NFL. But we've got that one example of a guy that sh- sh- he was showing some spark last year, and we're like, oh, well we've got this one example. So I, I, that's the thing I think with smaller guys and like Ito Smith was kind of the same way. He didn't look particularly treat Cohen like in, in the game to me. Um, and, and he's not, hasn't even been invited to the NFL combine yet. Last time I checked. Um, so what was, your, of, what was your view of the, of watching Wadley though in the game there that you thought of? You know, I, I don't know that there was enough to, to like to see in the game. Like, I don't, I don't know that, um, I, I guess I still want to continue. I need to go back and watch some, probably watch some tape of him uh, because I, I didn't have any like impressions one way or the other. Like he didn't, he didn't actually stand out to me, but I don't think he looked horrible. So I, I, I was kind of like, okay, I, I want to see more. I mean, I will say he didn't look particularly small in the game. I mean, he, where he measured and, and what he looked like in the game, I didn't see a guy that I thought was, you know, south of 190 and not quite 510. So I will say that. So he probably plays bigger than he is. Hopefully it continues. You know, I don't have much to, to add to Akram Wadley. Um, one guy that I think is going to be very interesting to watch is the is Jalen Samuels out of NC State. And um, I didn't catch a whole lot of what he did at the in the actual Senior Bowl. But, you know, this is a guy that's like, I think, 5'11", 220, and um, scored 12 rushing touchdowns this year with a 5-yard, like 5.1, 5.2 yards per carry average. Uh, but he also caught 75 balls for I think almost 600 yards and another four touchdowns. So this is a guy that I think will be interesting to watch. In, in this day and age, the, there's very few teams anymore that employ the bell cow back mindset. And so you're talking about a guy, um, I think one of the things that people have, uh, one of the misconceptions with Alvin Kamara is that he's only a third down back. Everybody thinks he's only a Theo Riddick or a Chris Thompson, but he's really not. He has the ability to run between the tackle. He, he, tackles he can run with power so a guy like Jalen Samuels for me is a guy that could be a you know third or fourth round draft pick but end up in the right situation where the starting running back goes down and he could take over more of a workload so he might be a guy that might be worth taking a flyer on that could could turn into more of a a three down back at the next level Um, but in PPR leagues for sure he's a a name I'd, I'd keep an eye on through the draft process yeah, and after, you know, following the Senior Bowl, not so much we saw in the game, but listening to the guys like the Draft Dudes podcast, those guys at NDT Scouty that do such a great job, they were talking about how he looked in practice, and he looked good. He, and he can do it all, like you said, Trey. He played halfback. He played in the slot in practice this week, or, or in the Senior Bowl practice week, rather, last week. Really impressive. Uh, you know, he's certainly a potential weapon in the NFL, and you're right, it's all about landing spot. Like, where does he go, and how does the NFL use him? And that probably will have a lot to do uh, which determine his fantasy value. Cause he, he could be one of those guys that's a good NFL player for a team, but doesn't have a lot of fantasy value, but he, he could. So he's definitely a guy to watch. Um, uh, so will any thoughts on Samuels or, or what about Daryl, Daryl Williams? Cause he's a guy that you wanted to mention last week on the show and due to an editing error by, by yours truly, uh, he didn't make it. Um, so w- w- what, what do you want to say about him? Well, listen to it. I didn't hear my Daryl Williams take last week, which is fine. But he was, I, it was the only reason I was sad about it. He, he was a guy I did want to mention because he was the backup to guys in Fournette. And I think he has, has some potential. You know, he didn't – I'm a little worried he's going to be super slow. And I don't think he looked really fast in the game. And he had, you know, uh, I think it was like 12.5% of the all, all LSU catches last year uh, as far as what they're doing. And, but I'm very, very curious about this prospect. And I think he's going to be a guy that I'm going to be taking chances on uh, more likely than not, dep- of course, everything with the caveat, depending on the landing spot. But I'm also super interested, and I just want to promote, to the Devery Report from Nick Whalen is something I'm going to be purchasing. He was on our show. He's such a knowledgeable guy when it comes to looking at football players' characteristics and what makes him good in the NFL along with in college. And I can't wait to see what he thinks about these guys, like Jalen Samuels, you know, like, uh, like Darrell Williams. I want to know what he sees in them as well because I can see stats and I can watch some tape, but I'm not a pro scout. And my opinions uh, 
you know, I, I can, we, we put together what we've seen in the past and what we can combine for now. But I think this is a guy who fits a great, great size profile for the NFL. I am just worried he's a little slow. And, and we'll, we'll see how that pans out. He was invited to the combine, and he has accepted his invitation. So uh, sign me up. Color me intrigued for Terry Williams' combine. So when you order the W report, use the promo code FFJOES because we're going to work out a deal with Wayland, guys, where we're going to get a percentage of the proceeds because we're, we're pushing a lot of Debbie reports. But you guys are right. Yeah, I don't even need proceeds. I just want him to be like, huh, people do listen to their podcast and we'll purchase this. <laughs> um, all right, guys, shall we move into to wide receivers uh, quickly? Because um, I think there are some wide receivers worth mentioning. Um the guy that, that stood out in, in practices, this is one of those reasons that I, it's, it's important, I think, to, to follow the whole week of the Senior Bowl because if, if you were following the Senior Bowl practices this week, you know that James Washington was a standout. He was head and shoulders above all the other wide receivers battle reports. In the game, if you watch the game, you, you wouldn't know that because he didn't really show a lot in the game. Um, <laughs> and I like, what Will, what you put in the show notes about James Washington. Oh, so the one thing I'd watching him and he had one, the passes to him were pretty t- like typically pretty terrible, but the one thing I had, and you said head and shoulders above, which I think is funny because he measured so short. So he actually was not head and shoulders above anybody in practice. Wah, wah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> uh, but he stood out with his route running and speed and everything like that. The one thing is he had a, he had a touchdown pass thrown to him and it was to, in, to watching it to me, if he, I think a bigger or, uh, slightly more experienced or better wide receiver in this in a sense, or let's just say, I don't know, a real standout makes a better play on this ball and catches it. And that was my, I can't remember who threw it, but it was a bomb. And the, the you know, the defender deflected it, I think for an interception, but the interception is, it doesn't really matter. It just was, if he takes a step in towards the ball or reads it a little bit better, I think he gets his body in position and catches that touchdown. And all of a sudden he's a highlight reel in the senior bowl. And it's one play and it's in the senior bowl. So again, take it for what it's worth, with a grain of salt. But those kind of things do matter. You want playmakers. You want people who are going to be these guys that are ball hawks that are taking down those catches all over the place. And you just didn't see that from him in, in this one instance. And I think throughout the game, he didn't even catch it. So obviously you didn't see him, him yelling for more attention or, or doing anything different. So I have my concerns about James Washington. I still think he's up there, though, with the, the top wide receivers at the moment. Just makes me a little more skeptical than before. And that's one of the things I want to ask you guys. Trey, I'm going to throw this question at you first. Um, among the, the I don't know, I don't want, I don't want to call them the big three wide receivers, and you can, maybe you can throw Christian Kirk into that too, but among Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton, and James Washington, how do you have those guys ranked, and where do you think they go? If you had to speculate now, I know, without knowing landing spots in, uh, in rookie drafts. So for me right now, it's Cortland Sutton at number one, uh, James Washington at number two, and Calvin Ridley, the uh, elder statesman of the group, at number three. And, and, and part of that is based on my belief that uh, of the three, the one that's the most likely to be a one on an NFL team is Cortland Sutton, followed closely behind James Washington. I see Calvin Ridley fitting in as a wide receiver two on a team. So, you know, landing spot could change that order. But for me, it's pretty firmly a 1A and 1B of Sutton and Washington with uh, the third being uh, Calvin Ridley. That's, that's where I stand. Yeah, I like it. I, I mean, I think Sutton is, is, you know, as we go through this process, we'll know more and more about him, but he's the guy that has the, the ceiling to be like that wide receiver one. And he, and he may not, he may, may bust out. I hope not, but uh, Will, what, any thoughts on the, on those three guys? I'm very curious to see if, Ridley's going to drop it all because of his age. That is a big part in the dynasty community. When you come into rookie hype season, uh, how much age matters. And he's an older prospect. And I think, I think Alvin Ridley is still going to be a really great rookie prospect and a good profile. And in my rookie drafts, I hope he drops and I hope he's in a decent situation. I hope that those things get to people just because when you watch him, he's, he's an electric player. And I really like Calvin Ridley, but I do agree with the, the Cortland Sutton, is uh, a name you knew from last year because you're surprised he didn't come out in the draft. So I think Cortland Sutton has the pro- size profile. James Washington, I wonder how many comparisons you're going to get to 
you know, T.Y. Hilton, uh, ODB, or OBJ, ODB, is not compared to the rapper. Dirty <laughs> bastards. I heard his, I heard James Washington's rap game super strong, so. You might, you it's got to be better surprised. than Cole Beasley's anyway, right? Mm, let's not go there. <laughs> 81 Stings sitting in the building right now, so. <laughs> but, but anyway, he's going to be compared with those shorter receivers who are quick and are good route runners, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But Cortland Sutton definitely has – he has the potential to be a full-on dominant wide receiver one, and he, he'll be in that tier just because he's bigger than everybody else. You know, while we're talking about receivers, I, you know, there's some really nice guys uh, a little bit further down in the class. Um, I, I think that you're going to see that there's going to be some real steals in the second and third round of the um, rookie drafts in your dynasty leagues this year, especially in the super flex format. And I know we keep saying that, but there's five – quarterbacks that could be taken in the first 15 to 18 picks of a, of a dynasty draft. And then, you know, we, we also have talked about the depth of the running back position. And I, I anticipate that you're going to be able to get the, the guys we just talked about. They're all likely going to go in the first round or early second round, but there's some real values. And, and one guy that I'm really excited to see how he performs at the combine and where he goes in the NFL draft is Traquan Smith. I, I mentioned him, I think it was at the very end of the episode last week. Um, he actually scored the first touchdown in this game. Um, I think ended up with five catches for 70 or 80 yards. Scott Frost had a lot of positive things to say about Traquan Smith. He was a three-year starter. Um, his freshman year, he had o- over 700 yards receiving. Sophomore year, over 800. And then his, his junior year this past year, he had uh, 1,100 yards receiving. And I think like uh, 12 or 13 touchdowns. Um, caught uh, between 50 and 60 balls all three years that he was in college. And, uh, but Scott, Scott Frost had a lot of good things to say about him and his leadership. He's not being really hyped. He's a guy that's probably with the focus on the quarterbacks and running backs. He's a guy that probably would make a great wide receiver too uh, for a team that has a, a strong wide receiver one. Like I think about a team like Houston with a guy like DeAndre Hopkins on one side of the field and, and a Will Fuller. Um, field stretcher you know the the one one thing Traquan Smith has going for him is I think he's like six one six two just over 200 pounds uh, 50-50 balls are his specialty so you know he, he could be a guy that's good in the in the end zone so just another name to kind of throw out to watch as the process goes on he, he's not going to be talked about probably in a lot of other podcasts when it comes to rookies but is a guy that a third round pick or fourth round pick in your in your dynasty rookie draft could could pay off for you or a place like the Redskins somewhere where they could use a receiver like him. Yeah. Or what about the bear, like the bears, you know, the, the bears aren't likely to spend their first round pick on, on a yeah, wide a receiver, chance. but th- this is a guy they could get in the fourth round who, who could legitimately, you know, he and Cam Meredith, you know, could both be thousand yard receivers in, in an offense like that, that I feel like is kind of an up and coming offense. There's just, plenty of offenses in the NFL that need wide receivers. Yeah, I'm just, just thinking. You go ahead. You go ahead and you tell the Bears what they shouldn't do with their first round pick, and they'll just just go hold my beer. Um, <laughs> ouch. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I mean, just, yeah, I'll be so disappointed that they. I mean, I, I will. They need a wide receiver, but the draft of uh, one of these wide receivers at number eight overall. That, oh, you think we're taking quarterback at number three? We're trading up to number we should go two. <laughs> we're giving several draft picks to move up one spot. To a team who wasn't probably going to take a quarterback. <laughs> Lap it up, gentlemen. We'll, we'll, we'll see what <laughs> hey, 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 I like, I like Trubisky. I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm just saying. Well, let's, you, let's ahead, just, you say, like, you go ahead and you tell, you tell the Bears. Let's talk about a guy the Bears may take, you know, later in the draft. Um, I want to mention Michael Gallup. Um, the, the end of the third quarter, uh, there was that throw. Tanner Lee threw it up in just a horrible position. Just about got him killed in that game. But he made this really great grab. He was three for 60 in the game. Um, Michael Gallup is 6'1", 200 pounds, played at Colorado State. So, you know, not the best competition in the world, but he put up some great numbers. His breakout was 2016. He was a Juco transfer, cut 76 passes for uh, just over 1,200 yards and 14 touchdowns. Then the next year, he was, you know, the defenses would target him in 2017, had exactly 100 receptions for over 1,400 yards and seven scores. Um, you know, he did it against, uh, you know, not so good competition, Nevada. He was 13 for 263 and three touchdowns um, again, <laughs> against Air That's Force That's what seven. you're supposed to do, though. 
that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, Hawaii eight for 212 and one touchdown. But against Alabama, he caught five passes for 81 yards. So he he's done it against the the you know teams he should dominate and against the you know Alabama, the best team in the country. So I think he's a guy to, to watch. I'm intrigued by him, um, Michael Michael Gallup. Um, so to, so he has to be favored in your book because he makes it so easy to figure out yards per catch for a senior year. 100 catches for 1,418 yards. Yeah, yeah that's true. Anybody can do that math. <laughs> no, 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 no need for a calculator on that bad boy. Yeah. So I do appreciate his uh, affinity for us, us people are, you know, the, the stat geeks yeah. <laughs> looking after him. <laughs> I do love his production profile overall in college. I really do. And I think it's another part where, like, you see Matt Harmon's reception perception and his, his rookie uh, profile, what he does. I can't wait to see what his reports are on some of these people when he dives deep into the film because, you know, we're the Joes. We're not the pros. So we're not, we're not putting hundreds of hours into this, you know, rookie and looking at how they run each route and what they're doing. So, again, I want to tout that there are some other resources that are important to read and, and get after, but then take those and form your opinion. And that's kind of where we come from. Yeah, definitely. Um, other wide receivers to mention. I mean, DJ Chark had a had a big game. We could talk about him. Um, Alan Lazard from from Iowa State um, was a little bit disappointing. Um, really disappointing. It, yeah. So you want to? Other when you guys want to talk about those guys? Will you want to? You want to talk about the Iowa State product? Well, let's go. Let's go quickly because Lazard he profiles out well. He had a really good practice, but he had a really terrible game. I think it, overall, though, on the North receivers. In quarterback play, it was okay at best as you're watching the game. That was a really hard first half for their team. And I think the South defense just played a lot better than the North defense. I get that. I know Josh Allen came back and brought him close. But overall, from what I was watching, it just was uh, the game tape for the, the North wasn't as exciting, I feel like, on the receiving profiles as it was for the South. Uh, and, and So Lazard had a, had a really disappointing game as far as his separation goes. And even, you know, missing – again – the, the bullet passes to him, it's going to take him a second to catch those. So he might be a, you know, an NFL receiver that doesn't explode year one because he's just getting used to the speed of the game come from Iowa State. DJ Chark, who had a, had a heck of a game, I am super interested in his profile, and I cannot wait to see what he does at the combine as far as running his 40 and everything like that. Uh, I was shocked looking at his college production because I get on LSU – and, you know, just kind of like, grind, like doing a little bit of stats and things like that. So he had 40 catches, 874 yards, and three touchdowns receiving, uh, 12 rushes for 63 yards and a touchdown. You just have to remember LSU is not a passing school at all. Their quarterback play has never been – not never, but hasn't been good. They don't they – they had 179 completions, which I think is what Zay Jones uh, made in his sleep while playing for East Carolina last year. So, but, but Chark was uh, available – or accountable for 22.3% of those catches. So coming in at six foot, two and a half inches, and weighing 196 pounds, which is nice because he is a little bit heavier than what like his ESPN profile is. I think he looks explosive, and the fact that they had him run the ball at that size, still, they were, you know, I think means something. It means that he's either good at avoiding contact when he, when he runs the ball and taking hits, and that he's, he's fast enough for that to be relevant. So I, I, I think, I don't know, I'm just, again, like, <laughs> color me intrigued with DJ Shark and where he ends up because he I, I don't know I just am excited about what he can do yeah and I think the thing about DJ Chark is there's going to be a possibility that through the draft process when he blows up at the combine and, and runs an incredible 40 time that he's going to get labeled as just a speed guy and I think what people the mistake people will make is he, he's a good route runner he has incredible body control and he has great hands so he's not just a speed guy but he's a speed guy that has the ability to come down with a contested catch. And those two with the height and the size and the ability to control his body and come down with those contested balls to go on top of the speed. You're talking about a guy that can be a real difference maker. I'm not, you know, proclaiming that he's the next great NFL wide receiver, but he's another guy that could be a really sneaky pick for the, uh, for an NFL team on, on day two or even day three of the draft that could really pay dividends. So he's definitely a guy to, to keep an eye on. Yeah. I mean, LSU's really put out, even though they've been a running school for quite some time and has, have never really been an incredible passing offense. I mean, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, there's some pretty incredible wide receivers that have come out of that school, which means that all 
future NFL wide receivers from LSU <laughs> yeah. to be all pros. That's also basically been it, though, which is strange for them as of the recent past. They came out at the same time. But, uh, yeah, I can't call, call him – I'm going to call him good Robbie Anderson, both better <laughs> at football and, and good with, with the community, I can only hope. I like it. Um, any final thoughts on the Kyle Lillita Bowl? I mean, the Reese's Senior Bowl. <laughs> they need to change it. Fine. Last would be they need to change it to chocolate and peanut butter. I love it. Chocolate. Get rid of the and South. <laughs> Those will be some beautiful uniforms too. Not that they were beautiful the already. They're still horrible. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Puppy Bowl 2018. So I think I might be the only one on the team that did any research about this, but I do think it's important. And I want to get your guys' opinions, uh, but my looking through the rosters, I'm thinking there's a Corgi. His name is Clyde. I think he's going to run away with the game and your hearts. The 14th Puppy, Puppy Bowl winner be Clyde the Corgi. You know, with the Puppy Bowl winner, are you picking – I think Clyde is your MVP pick. I, which team does he play for? Isn't it like Team Fluff versus Team Rough? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's going to be Clyde. He's going to win the whole thing. First adopted, MVP of the game. Awesome. All right. So nobody else. So there's a couple of one-eyed dogs in there. You guys did no research. Okay, now we're moving on to the, to the real Super Bowl. The, the ones the fans dogs? Really? want still. and adore. There's at least two one-eyed dogs. Still averaging uh, listeners. No, yeah. I actually think – no, so one – <laughs> no one's going to understand that because the rest of it's cut out. But no, no, they will. Because I'm going to say right now, we this. You're not listening to this. We did like the worst segment we've ever done on the Fancy Joes, uh... like prop bets, and it was pretty painful. So, um, you know, as fun as it would be, would have been for you to listen to it. We, I blame we... Joe's not named Will. Uh, <laughs> no, no, for doing I, no we, research about their prop bets. We were we were pretty unorganized, but um, but yeah, but so we we got the Puppy Bowl down. Now we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. I actually no, I actually heard that two of the one-eyed dogs were included in the deal uh, <laughs> to send Alex Smith to the Redskins. So it is important. Oh my God, Shefty's reporting that uh, Clyde, yeah, <laughs> Clyde the Porky's is <laughs> traded <laughs> to to Kansas City's part of the deal. What do you All right, gentlemen, I'm leading this off. Four and a half point line. Patriots are favored. I'm going Patriots. They win. They cover. Done. Done deal. They win by double digits. And your MVP is Gronk. So that's okay. Ryan? Right. Okay, yeah. Will's got to go last because you're our, uh, you're, you're our expert here that, that is crushing it in the playoffs with picks. That's I'm going to go with uh, Pats win, Eagles cover. So I guess I'll take the Eagles. Pats at uh, – you know, four and a half. So, um, yeah, I'm going to pick the Eagles, but the Pats will pull it out. Guys, what's the largest margin of victory for the, the Patriots in the Super Bowl in their history? Really cutting off my pick here, uh, but I'm going eight and a half the, points. Uh, Trey? Five. <laughs> it would be, it would be nine points. You can't it, have it, it was points. It was six. It was their, their victory last year against the Falcons. So, the, the Patriots always – these games are always – Oh, but that was OT, so it doesn't really count. Well, I, well, still, it, it, I think other than that, it's four. Um, so, so yeah, the, these games are always close for the Patriots. So, I think with that point spread, just historically, it's going to be a tight game. So, yeah, that's why I like uh, the Eagles to cover. And Sorry, you took Brady is your Super Bowl MVP. So, now to Will, I'm giving, taking the Eagles outright. Give me these upstart Eagles. And I'm going Alshon Jeffrey as the Super Bowl MVP. You guys are welcome for that take. All right. Because you know it's going to be right. Because I've picked the weirdest playoff games this year. <laughs> all right so are we gonna are we gonna put a couple of bucks on this for the fancy joes on bet dsi not not a lot of money but a, f- a few bucks i'd be willing to bet up to three and a half dollars on the consensus all right so let's let's ride we're gonna put three and a half dollars each so we'll put 10 bucks on our consensus pick to cover the eagles so we're really all, all split, you know, on the on this pick. I was about to say, there's no consensus. <laughs> there is, because he took the Eagles the two, to cover. Yeah, the two of you guys, the two of you guys would put money on the Eagles. So you, you guys can go with your consensus. All right. And so unless your uh, evil twin, Bray Trarit, is voting into this, the consensus is Eagles. Got it, yeah. I have one closing thought, and I just want to say another shout-out to Keith Richardson, part of the Fantasy Just marketing team. 
coordinated with Jake Anderson, um, who we, so we have a new new Fantasy Zoo's logo, um, so what you're seeing now, and it's exciting, and we're we're grateful for Jake for creating this great logo for us. We're, we're thankful to Keith for coordinating the effort. So, thank you, gentlemen. We're we're excited. I'm a little sad. The old logo had kind of grown on me, but the new mm. one is definitely an upgrade. But it's like a wart. You had to get rid of it. <laughs> I'm just and, <laughs> I like to dip. <laughs> Woo! And it's time for our listeners to get rid of this episode on their uh, on their on their podcast player. Um, Which is the so- end of it. <laughs> we should we should do other fun other fun uh, inclusions in the Alex Smith trade to the Redskins, other than two one eyed dogs. Ryan, this might have to be your best editing job yet. <laughs> I think they got a pair of Red Wing boots. They were made right here in Minnesota, so. We're also included in the train. Okay. Uh, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Joes, especially the last five minutes. Contact us directly at thefantasyjoes at gmail.com or at FFJoes on Twitter. Your feedback is welcome. Let us know how we are doing and what you want from us. Do you want more puppy bowl talk? Then let us know that you want more puppy bowl talk. Yes. <laughs> we, we come at you weekly on Fridays with new episodes, at least by Friday. But be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And leave us a review. Please leave us a review, but only if it's a positive one. You can find us on Twitter. Trey is at Trey Barrett. Will is at FantasyJoe underscore Will. And I'm at Roto Library. On behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood. And we are... The Fantasy Joes. So the so the Redskins were like, hey, Chiefs, we, there's this corgi named Clyde in the Puppy Bowl. We want him included. And the Chiefs were like, no way. You can have two one-eyed dogs instead. And the Redskins were like, oh, I got to take that. Can't, can't let that go. And that's the way it went. That's the way it went down. You're a second-rounder and two one-eyed dogs. <laughs> Alex Smith. Ryan, you got your work cut out for you. Now. It's ready by Friday. <laughs> Oh man! I don't know why. I don't want to give you fun stuff at the end. I think we have a good cutoff to where you can get rid of all the terrible prop beds. All right, guys. Who do you have? Trey, do you have the Super Bowl? We miss. We still have to do the Puppy Bowl, but I mean, whatever. I just said we'll Super Bowl first. <laughs> Hello, going Patriots. I'm going I'm Eagles. About, win outright. I'm thinking about editing purposes because I might edit out the whole prop bed thing. It's, it's just, <laughs> just get rid of it. Can, can we? Can we do a pause and then pick the Super Bowl winners? Can we at least do Puppy Bowl? Because yeah. that's when I no, should do no, research. That's the in. worst one. We're doing we're doing Puppy Bowl. Oh, we're doing Puppy. Oh my! Oh, I God. swore on the broadcast. We'll have to cut it out.